grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, Ash about to begin. See it start over again. Oh my god. Wow. Okay, hang on. Nothing's responding. Remove. Gonna be one of those days. Hey everybody, what's happening? You can tell it's gonna be one of those days. I'm just gonna give you a quick warning. Um, the internet is is dicey today. A lot going on in the news, I think, you know, uh, politically, uh, you know, I don't do politics here, so uh, there's a lot going on politically today, so that may be why, like I, I tell you guys, I'm on I'm on Xfinity here, and the whole stupid neighborhood's on Xfinity, so hopefully uh, I don't drop, uh, the show doesn't drop off to where all, the, where all the Marios go, so everybody, like, put out good juju for that. Anyway, welcome, my name is Charlotte, I will be your host, hopefully, for the next hour, I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, based out of sunny Sacramento. Oh boy, is it sunny, uh, California. Uh, we're 45 strong up and down the state of California, which means if you have a paranormal need or you think you have a paranormal need, we can get to you. It might take us a couple days. California, if you think of California, what's the first thing you think of? Beaches. It's like Hawaii, right? Beaches. See, there it is. They disappeared came back. Beaches. And uh, what I'll do when that happens is I'll try to repeat what I say. <laughs> it's going to be one of those nights. Anyway, um, I want to welcome our guest, Mary A. Joyce, because I've been waiting to talk with her for a long time. Okay, anyway, back to my little spiel here. So anyway, if we can't get to you right away, because like I said, California has deserts. We have mountains. We have, we have lots of farmland. I mean, it's just spread. If we can't get to you right away, that's okay. All right. I have uh, mediums on staff who can call you and talk to you about what you think or what may be going on in your place of residence or business. And they can, in a lot of cases, they can calm that stuff down. And then maybe two or three days later, we, we get out to see you. So don't stress. Don't stress. Okay? And not to say the team's full of mediums because it's not true. We also have professional uh, people on there, contractors and police officers and people like that. Uh, and people that do piping and air conditioning, duct work, and things like that. We have a little bit of everything. Is that that's what helps us with these cases to do the debunking part and narrow everything down for you. So we will get to you. All right. If you're watching from Facebook today, uh, probably a lot of you are. Please be sure to follow. Hit that follow button if you haven't done so already. And during the show, what I would really appreciate too is you can comment all you want. Um, give me some thumbs up. Show me some love. Some hearts. Happy faces. Whatever. Because what that does is it, push, it pushes us up into the FYP, and that means that Facebook takes that, snap, snap, uh, I always think of Facebook having tongs, right? Kind of stirring things, and trying, kind of alphabet soup, right? Grab that stuff. And they snatch us out of, uh, out of the internet in another world, and they boost us to the extent that people that don't normally watch the show get to watch the show. Okay? So that's what that's for. So if you could do me a favor and do that, that would be great. Broadcasting on YouTube today, same thing. If you haven't subscribed already, check us out before, you know, check this show out. And then check the rest of our shows out. There's 681 shows over on YouTube. And they're all different topics. And what I've done, I'm not quite done with that yet. I've categorized them into different folders because it's so hard to find. I mean, when I go over there, it gives me a migraine because I'm looking at all these shows, right? So what I've done is i put them into categories. So like Medium Nancy Matz, who you guys seem to like, like a lot. She has a file, dedicated file for her shows. Um, aliens, UFOs, all right. Now, I'm a journalist. I'm a photojournalist. So I don't like to do paranormal stuff all the time. So I like to have newsy shows. So you'll also find those, like the opioid epidemic and, 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 and you know, murders and, and whatever the newsworthy items are. I've got a section for that. So just go over to our YouTube at YouTube.com forward slash at California Haunts Radio, and you can check And then, the more the merrier, right? Uh-oh. The more the merrier. Okay, see, there we went. 
hopefully those stalls. Um, what I'll do with my guests too is we'll stop talking, and then when we got, you know, when, when when we come back up, then we'll continue what we're saying. So what I was saying was, it you know, we're looking for subscribers on YouTube. We're trying to build all that up. You guys have done great the last few months. We, we we've been getting uh, quite a few subscribers. I'm real excited about that. Also, we're broadcasting on Twitch tonight, and we're. Also, X. It's X, right? But you know what? The bird logo hasn't gone away online. So I don't know. But X. Kind of adds some mystery to it. But anyway, yeah. So uh, that's that. So again, uh, as you can see already, the internet's kind of shaky. I can see right now that it's pretty stable. I can tell when it's going to go pretty much because I get this little internet sign on, on the top of the, 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 the show thing up there, you know. But, uh, yeah, I am teaching two classes. Oh, essentially, I'm not really a class, but on the first during the full moon, we're going to be doing, it's a sturgeon moon. I'm going to be uh, doing a guided meditation for people. And this is your chance to get ready for fall in that if you have any things that you haven't finished and, uh, and you want to accomplish, this is the time to throw it out there into the universe. So feel free to join me over there. That's TheMeetup.com for California Haunts. And I have the links at the bottom of, of, of the, the description of this show. Also, on the 5th, I'm going to be teaching a Psychic Development Class 1 class. That's the first level Psychic Development class. And with that, or how to close the second door. Some people make a lot of mistake, okay? They, they find they have abilities, and they open that door, and anything and everything can come in. All right? Sometimes they open the door, leave it open too long, or they open the door, they can't get it closed back up, and not nice things are going to be coming through. Believe me, it's not all nicey, nicey. That, that'll come through that door. So I teach you how to open and close that door. I take you on journey. Believe me, there's a spirit rock. Um, to, meet, to meet your spirit object, uh, there's a message you can get from... from excuse me. Whoa. There's a message you can get from the universe, and you can meet your spirit animal. So it's kind of like a really cool trip. I take you to your spirit library. And it's, it's a pretty cool trip. And I teach you how to ground yourself properly. I teach you all that stuff. Okay? And I, I take you in. I bring you back. I take you in. I bring you back. By the end of the class, you will be able to open that, that door and close the door. I also look at different types of psychics in this class. And we not only work with, with leaving our body, but we, we look with, we, you know, we, we do ESP class part, ESP part. And we look at smell, sight and smell. So we're looking at different things to see what you might like to do. All right. So join us over there. And again, you can find that link down at the bottom of the description for the show. Okay. That's being said. I'm excited. Mary A. Joyce, I've been wanting to have her on for a long time. Uh, today, we're going to have this great conversation. She's got this great book out. And uh, let her talk about that, talk about herself. But, um, you know, I'm really interested in, in, in things on the moon that, that, that they say don't exist and things on Mars that they say don't exist. And she knows about these things. She's dedicated herself to studying this stuff. So I'm really stoked. Let me bring her in, and here we go. And hope to God the internet holds up. Hi there. Looks like you're having a whoops. Looks like you're having a lot of problems out there with uh, internet. Yeah, it's because everybody in this neighborhood has um, Xfinity, and so when there's a lot of news, it just gets yeah. overburdened. Well, there's a lot of news. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of news today coming out. Tell me about you, ma'am. Well, I actually, I'm a little bit like you. I have a journalist background, um, and I have all sorts of interests, not just one. And uh, since 2008, I've been the editor and researcher for a, a website called skyshipsovercashers.com. It's a crazy, stupid-sounding name now, and I would have used a different name if I had known how far we were going to go with things. Mm -hmm. But it was named after a mountaintop town here called Cashers, and it, we started because there were so many UFO sightings over the mountains here. But we've gone way beyond that. And the book that I've, the most recent book that I've done, the one you want me to talk about tonight, uh, basically, the the I have spent a whole lot of time um, using Google Earth to explore Mars, the bottom mm -hmm. of the ocean, Antarctica, um, around the sun, um, 
And it's just amazing what I found. And it's things that people simply don't know. This book is not like a regular book. It's mm -hmm. like a picture book for adults. Cool. There's only there's only three pages that don't have photos. So what I've done is when I found all these things, um, I actually give the coordinates so that people can go and find things for themselves. We have so many people who get a kick out of uh, creating false images. And this mm -hmm. way people can go and check things for themselves. There's been many times in doing the research that became a book, I didn't start out to do the book, have mm -hmm. just astounded me. And there is absolute evidence that there are humans on Mars now. They keep talking about it's going to be in the future, um, but the future has already been happening. Mm -hmm. And using Google Earth, I have found um, a whole bunch of things. For example, I found um, three different UFOs one is landed and parked on Mars. It's round. It's three and a half miles in diameter. It has that raised center. It casts a shadow. Uh, three and a half miles across is a pretty darn good size UFO. That's huge, yeah. And then I have two where you can see where they have skidded into the soil. They've come to like a crash landing. And the largest of the two um, let's see if I can remember now. It's over 400 feet across, not as big, but certainly good size. And it left a skid mark that was over 4,400 feet in length. And you can actually see the skid mark. And you can see where the UFO crashed into the soil of Mars. Um, but the evidence that humans are there is what really, really intrigued me. And one day, I decided to cruise Mars in a different way. Normally, I go from right to left or left to right. I decided to tip the planet sideways and start exploring from north to south, from one to pole to the other. That's when I found 27 contemporary entrances into Mars, all in a line spread out over 16 miles. And these things are all basically designed the same. They're like square-cut uh, entrances into like a warehouse, let's say, mm -hmm. and but they range in size from 400, I'm giving you round figures, sure. 400 feet across to over a thousand feet across. And uh, the detail around each of these entrances is just a little bit different. So, you know, you're not seeing the same thing. So that's one of those, that's some of the stuff I've found just on Mars. You know, I've interviewed a couple people on this show that have claimed that, that that they have worked on literally you know they, that aliens have taken them and they they've lived, they've worked and lived on Mars. I I have I've actually never done a story about that on our website. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that I believe or don't believe. It's right. just so hard to present that in a way that's going to make some of the skeptics at least stop and consider it. Right. If you start out with a story and people are going to blow it out of the water right off the bat, it's kind of difficult. So that's an, that's something I personally have not gotten into, and I give you credit for doing that. Well, you know something, too? Um, you're a journalist. I'm a journalist. And it comes down to that, too. We're still journalists. Right. So when we look at this stuff, we have to look at it with, a, with the eye of a journalist. Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, I've never forgotten that we have to, you know, we have to see things the way the general public's going to see it. Mm -hmm. And as much as possible, we have to be as credible as possible. Yes. And yes. Uh, that's, that's why this is a picture book. This is so people can actually see the things that I found. And uh, like I said, I didn't know I was going to do a book, but I began to get so much stuff on the website. I thought nobody's going to be able to find all this in the archives. And so that's mm -hmm. when it became a book. And um, another thing I found was that I've seen drawings or uh, like architectural renderings done by artists who are designing um, space homes or habitats for the future, supposedly. Well, I found two of them on Mars already. One was in the Northern Hemisphere, and I, that's one of the pictures in the book. And it's about 700 feet in length. Uh, yeah, 700 feet in length. Four years later, on one of my cruises in the Southern Hemisphere, I found another one, basic same design, exactly 10 times bigger, 7,000 wow. feet in length. So that's it's some more evidence that uh, humans are already up there. 
And in the book, in the book, I actually start out quoting the man who was in charge of Israeli space security for nearly 30 years. Mm-hmm. And he went public with the Jerusalem Post, which is a respected newspaper, right. um, back in December of 2020. And he, um, I have the whole statement that he gave to the paper, but mm-hmm. one of the sentences is basically saying that we have American astronauts are up there on uh, Mars working with the aliens underground. So I have that before I start showing these entrances into the planet. So, see, that's what I've heard too. You know, from from the two people I've interviewed, that's that that allegedly we'll say allegedly were journalists, right? That allegedly right. worked on Mars. That, that right. that's what I've heard about that. What what I was going to bring up. You know, this research that you did, I was just thinking of that TV show, Drain the Ocean. Okay. I think that is the most fan- one of the most fantastic TV shows they have out, to where, like, they're looking at the Titanic, they can go in and actually look. It's interesting that, that, that you were able to, to do that research. I just find that so fascinating. Are we under the ocean now? You want me to go in that direction? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. I was just no, saying. no, no. I, I do have things in the book about uh, things I found at the bottom of the ocean, which is really let's kind of fascinating. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, in the Pacific Ocean, the thing that stands out in my mind as the most incredible is something that looks just like one of our airports today. And in the book, I have a uh, satellite photo of that, and I have a satellite photo of an actual airport the design of the runway is basically the same. There's a major difference in size though. And in the Pacific, everything is bigger. A normal runway, the largest runway that I can find on earth today is just over three miles in length. This one that looks identical almost to it is 89 miles in length. Wow. That's a huge difference. Everything I found in the Pacific was in large proportions. And so you, I'm sure that you have uh, heard about uh, Lemuria or Mew or Pan, the yep. legendary uh, land that sunk into the ocean or uh, the Pacific. Right. Well, from Alaska down to Baja, I have found these ancient remnants of some very gigantic uh, civilization. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And you know, the, go ahead. You know, and then when you think back with what, with what we're talking about right now, and you look back through history of the explorers like Magellan, you know, and, and, and even Christopher Columbus, they were seeing lights in the sky and lights under the ocean way back then. Oh, can I, wait a second, I'm going to jump off in a total different direction on you right here. Many it. years ago, I went down, I went down to uh, San Salvador. That is mm-hmm. the island they believe that uh, uh, Christopher Columbus first hit land. I went, I was working with the Orlando Sentinel at that point. I went down to that island, I did a story on it. And I was there at the week that they were celebrating Columbus Day. So it was a little bit more active than usual because San Salvador is still a very quiet island. And when I was reading the diary of, or whatever, the logbook of Columbus, he talked about approaching the land and seeing these uh, like um, little lights going up and down. And so many people think that they're UFOs. Well, I was with the people who lived on the island during that Columbus week, during the same time of the year when Columbus landed. Mm -hmm. And to this day, the natives will build fires at night to keep the bugs away. And every time they would add fire, these sparks would go up into the air. And there's a, a lady, I can't remember her name right now, but she had a little museum on this island. So I worked with her and she worked with the researcher uh, about Columbus. And she also said that that was the cause of, of these lights that he was seeing. But sure. the UFO community, which I'm a part of, I'm all, I believe in UFOs, but I do not believe that that was evidence of UFOs. Okay. Sure, no problem. I, I understand completely. I'm having a good time today. I like you. Um, yeah, that was only because I was there, you know? <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So why is there such a big cover-up about not telling us that these things actually exist? Um, for the longest time, they said, well, the public wasn't ready for it. 
-hmm. and they wouldn't be able to handle it. I used to totally disagree with that. The more I see of what's been happening in the news in the last five, six, eight years, mm -hmm. I'm beginning to wonder if indeed a lot of people would not be able to cope with it. And there may be some legitimate concern there, That, mm -hmm. but I'm not defending that position. I, I'm sure, not providing sure. information. Right. Um, but I think some of it might be a little bit scarier than they want people to know. And uh, so that's a part of it. We also have a clandestine, I don't know, quasi-government, uh, military-type organization that's rogue, and they do whatever they want to do, and they are involved with anything that will make them money. They're involved with slave trade. They're involved with uh, drugs. Uh, they have their own military, and um, they also have their own man-made UFOs. They also have... Um, they call they have a fancy name for it, but basically they're like um, gray aliens that are manufactured. Mm -hmm. They're um, engineered, and of course they would fool anybody. So right. there's a lot of crap, excuse me, going on uh, behind the scenes, and I don't know if they want everybody to know all that. You know that's a theory that I have. You talk about them being quote unquote manufactured. You know, with this whole thing with when's the government going to come forward to tell people? I think there's fear because I think what's going to happen is this is going to happen. And we've been living amongst them this whole time. I think it could be your next door neighbor could be a hybrid or, or the manufactured alien, right? And we just didn't know it. And I think that's what they're, they're afraid of because when once these things start coming out, people are going to realize how close they were. The hybrids, probably, uh, the hybrids can pass for us, the ones that are really, all right. But the ones that look like grays, those are the kind that they will manufacture. And those are the, the ones that are involved with the abductions and some of the mm -hmm. worst things. They're done by the grays. And more and more I question what kind of grays are those? Are they really the ones out there or are they ones that uh, we have manufactured? And uh, I don't know. There's a lot of people, not a lot. There's a sizable number of people who are... Um, coming forth and telling the truth now when they have been involved with some of this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the other question I have, um, do you think that there's an actual agreement between say, the United States and, and, and these alien races? I, I didn't get the whole question. There was an interruption. Try it again. Do you think there's, there's some type of agreement? Like, like the rumors say that they're, that, 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 you know, they can take so, so many people to experiment on and, and, and all that, or, or do you think there's something else going on? Um, it, that goes back to the time of Eisenhower and they, you know, we hear that story from many different sources and um, enough that you have to consider that might very well be the case. Right. And I've actually interviewed a few people who have been abducted and have revealed that there were military people in the background when the abduction was going on. Well, what does that tell you? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, getting but back it's, to... It's so, it's so crazy that, you know, you can understand why there'd be some hesitancy to, to, to you know, really, really come out with the truth. They're going to do it step by step. Right, right, right. Sure they are, sure they are. Now, looking at Mars, and I know you've done this study, how were you able to figure all this out in, when, when you were looking at Mars? Because, I mean, when you look at the initial you know, photos and stuff, it's kind of hard to see that stuff. So how did you go about doing it? You don't have to tell all your secrets, but, you know. No, there's no secret. It is, period, I would just, I can't do this all the time. I would sit down and spend some time doing deep research in a portion of Mars. Mm -hmm. Most of the time you come up empty. But over a number of years... I have found these things, but mm -hmm. they don't, you don't find them easily. And I want you to also know that some of the things I find, once I post them on the website, they have been blurred out and changed so that you no longer can tell that they're there. And um, that's highly regrettable, but it does happen. It happens uh, also with the things I've found in Antarctica. There's been cover-ups mm -hmm. on Mars and, and also Antarctica. I, and this is another thing. I tell you about how I get excited about stuff. Another time I got really excited because um, I think this was goes only goes back to 2021. We began to find the remnants of ancient cities 
coming out or being revealed from the melting ice in Antarctica. What makes this exciting is that most scientists say that continent's been covered with ice for about 34 million years. That means these structures are older or at least 34 million years old. That is older than anything else we know about. People think the Great Pyramid's old. It's not even 5,000 years old. Compare 5,000 years to 34 million. I mean, there's no comparison. One's not even a blink. Now, when you look at uh, things for Antarctica, what kind of research does that entail? Because, I mean, it's ice. Is it because the ice is starting to melt? That it's because the ice deeper? Right. We would not have been able to find remnants of those cities just a few years ago. But that's one of the things that they have blurred out. We found five cities. And when I talk about cities, I'm talking about like square shapes all next to each other, like a city would be. Mm-hmm. Some of those, uh, I'll say blobs of blocks, will take a contour like it would follow like a river or a hill. Or you can see how it evolved like, a, uh, like our cities do today. They have a, an organic shape to them, even though our buildings are very uh, geometric. And that's what we found in Antarctica. That's absolutely fascinating. But so, that wasn't one, that's one cover up in Antarctica. Another sure. one was um, I found two major entrances into Mars. One of them actually had something that looked like a metal dome entrance over it, like an awning. Mm-hmm. And the other one, which was a little bit larger, was um, like 300 feet across and at the highest point, 100 feet high. With Google Earth, you can measure things. So I'm not just cooking these numbers up off the top of my head. I use the Google measuring tool uh, to figure these things out. And once I posted that on the website, within a day or two at the most, I went back and it's like somebody took a bottle of black ink and poured it all over it. You could not see it anymore. Well, then there were two entrances and I, I zoomed out so I could see both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And very briefly, and I don't know why they would do this, but very briefly, one was labeled Hollow Earth Entrance and Hollow Earth Entrance 2. That was only there for a short amount of time. I, I saved those pictures, and they're in the book. And then, eventually, the whole area looks like it's nothing but ice. Wow. Yet this entrance is beneath it. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's move. Let's look at the moon here, because because there's rumors of stuff on the moon. So what's, what's happening with the moon? Um, when I started exploring the moon, I expected to find absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. because NASA has been covering up things on the moon since the beginning of the space program. So I was absolutely shocked when I found a white pyramid on the side of the moon facing Earth. If I'm, I hope I have my numbers right. It's like uh, 328 feet on each side. That's pretty good size. That's a good size. And I've got the coordinates on it. And uh, so I've actually got uh, a photo of that or a satellite photo of that in the book. Mm-hmm. I was shocked to find that. And uh, another thing I have in the book that helps um, ex- explain some of this is there is a, a woman, she died maybe just a year or so ago. And um, let's see if I can remember her name now. Um, oh, shoot, I'm going to cheat here. Hold <laughs> on. Her name is Donna Hare, and she worked at NASA. And she went on a radio station in Washington, D.C. back in 1995 before we had podcasts. Mm-hmm. And she let the world know that they were airbrushing out uh, the things that were being found on the moon. They were also burning photos of UFOs. And one of the stories that will probably stick in my head forever is that she had another office where she did illustrations um, that was like off campus. Mm -hmm. And one day, one of the guards from NASA where she worked came into her office and he had a big gash on his head. And of course, she asked what happened to him, what happened. And he had been guarding. um, He was a guard. And he was given the assignment of burning photos. So he was burning photos and he stopped long enough to look at one more closely because it was a UFO. Mm-hmm. And there was a guard guarding him who used the butt of his gun and bashed him over the head. Wow. And um, 
um, I th that's a story that will stick with me. The guard was guarding the guard. I heard a rumor that one of the astronauts actually saw a craft land while they were uh, doing a spacewalk. The astronauts have seen a lot. Um, I've only met one astronaut, and his name was Clark McClellan. He was trained as an astronaut, but he worked at the Kennedy Space Center. So when there was a launch, <clears throat> he was there at the controls. If something went wrong in space, <clears throat> he had the training to be able to perhaps help from Earth. That was his job. Mm -hmm. He was watching all these monitors, and for, uh, uh, I, I know it was close to maybe two minutes, mm -hmm. the camera that was focused on the open bay of the shuttle, he saw two American astronauts with a very tall alien um, interacting, and Clark always felt like the public had a right to know more than mm -hmm. they're being allowed to know and they talked too much. Well, he got blackballed. He lost his job and his benefits at NASA. He had been working there for, I mean, maybe 30 years, a long time. And in his last years, I think he was driving a bus. I'm not positive of that, but wow. he couldn't get any high level job because he was blackballed because he talked too much. It really stressed him out. That's just the thought of that's very interesting to me. And the question is, was there any video of the spaceship at all that, that, that they picked up? Because obviously this, this extraterrestrial had to come from somewhere. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, they must have. Now, he, he was a pretty good artist, and he drew exactly what he saw. And then he turned it over to a professional artist to um, perfect it, let's say, so it would be as close to what he saw on the screen. And there was an alien craft docked back in the background, with the uh, open bay of the shuttle. I can believe it. I can believe it. And there was another camera that uh, picked up at another time uh, a, a tall alien inside the crew's quarters. And the quarters there are designed for people who aren't any bigger than six feet tall. Right. So this guy is at least eight or nine feet tall. So he had to hunker down to, um, you know, even get in there. And this was another thing that Clark saw. That's incredible. So how, I mean, how much stuff is actually, do you think is actually on the moon? Like you say, you saw the pyramid. Is there anything else that people can look for or what, what's over there? Like I said, using Google Earth, I think you're going to be hard pressed to find something. Uh, some of the people who have really great um, cameras where they can really zoom in on the moon, occasionally they will get really lucky and they will see UFOs you know, uh, traveling across the front of the, the moon. Uh, we have posted those on the website at various times. But, you know, that's a question of, of timing and being lucky to catch something like that. Right, right. When you think about all this, who do you think is calling the shots? Is it NASA? Is, is it, like you say, this, this, other, this other military you know, military group, or is it our regular military? That is probably being controlled by a regular military. Okay. And people forget, they think NASA is just a space agency. It mm -hmm. is part of our military. So we have a military mindset that you're dealing with anytime you're dealing with NASA. Okay. Uh, getting back to our oceans now, um, we, you know, we, we've discussed Antarctica. Are there any other areas of the oceans that people should look out for or, or, you know, or do research on, you think? Um, just just in highlights, um, once I found uh, different things, I, I started exploring that whole coastline. I found things from Alaska all the way down to the Baja Peninsula. That's quite a spance. That's the whole eastern side of the Pacific. Um, if there's stuff in the in the off of South America, so far I've not been able to find that. Huh. This is just this is just so fascinating to me. You know, when, when you think about the cover-ups that are going on over this stuff. How hard right. was it to, like, like, like these people that came to you or you, you, you found these people, how hard was it to, to get all this information? What are we talking about now? Well, as far as, like, like, like witnesses, you know, and, and, and hearing these stories about this different stuff. 
Um, this is totally off the subject, but it gives you an idea of how things like this work. Okay. Okay. No, I can keep it on this. No, it's not. No, it doesn't matter. Go for okay. it. Okay. Um, there's a man who I had just gotten to know through the place that I worked at one time. So um, it was like a friendship that you just had from work. But mm -hmm. I had every reason to trust him. He was former military. And one day he came into where I was working at the time. And he wanted to talk to me. And he had um, seen all sorts of evidence that there was an underground military facility being built underneath the Smoky Mountain National Park. I would not have gotten that story if I hadn't already set up a friendship, a, a trust with somebody. Otherwise, I never would have gotten that story. And that, that story expanded for the same reason, because people um, trusted me. And sometimes they would test me. I had one couple that kept coming into where I worked and they would gingerly talk about UFOs and they would say they had seen, um, you know, something. And finally I said, Hey, you, you might have a story here. Can, can we meet? Can I interview you? And this is after months of them apparently checking me out. So once they decided they trusted me, then they agreed to interview with me or have me interview them. Mm -hmm but they didn't want to talk about UFOs, which is what they had always talked about before. They wanted to tell me about another underground base here in North Carolina, um, but they had to test me first. So there has to be this element of trust. You just can't go bang on the door and say, hey, you know, can you tell me your story about this? Even if you know they know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna open up with you. When I did the book on the Cherokee little people, I was, I became friendly with this one man, an elderly man, late 80s, and he connected me with other old timers, and I would sit around their kitchen tables on Saturdays and hear their stories about the Cherokee little people and what they had found when they were doing construction projects, and they found these little tunnels and little skeletons. I would never have gotten into those conversations with any of those people if I hadn't known a person who opened the door for me. So everything boils down to trust and connections. Your book is fascinating. I've had a chance to glance through it, you know, at some of the photos. And it just it just fascinates me that this could happen but you know, right beneath our noses, so to say. You know how 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 quiet they're keeping it. Right. Um, Let's talk about some of these underground bases that are that are supposedly here. What goes on in these places? Do you, have you talked to people about it? Mm, it's real hard to find out for sure what's going on. The woman and the, and the husband, the couple that came in and tested me and told me about uh, a Perry. Uh, it's a facility we know as Perry. P A R I. It stands for Pisca Astronomical Research Organization, and she was very concerned because she had grown up in a family where her father had high, 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 high security clearance. She knew a lot of stuff. She was very concerned about this facility because she said they had the ability to wipe out uh, memory. Um, and she, she just didn't like what was going on in that particular facility. Um, the more I researched this, the more people opened up to me. Uh, I found out um, other things that were going on a man who was involved with uh, social services um, said that it was satanic stuff connected with it. So it was one of the facilities that had a very dark um, aspect to it. Interesting. The other thing that comes to mind too, well, not so much with NASA, but with the private companies to you know, put together a rocket that can take us to Mars. I mean, it's obvious, you know, well, I'm, it's, it's allegedly obvious that we're already there. So we don't get there with we don't get there with rocketry, okay. period. Okay. They they we're way we're way beyond that when people are going to Mars, and uh, I, I I'm not ready to um, give you concrete evidence of what I think how they do it, but it's beyond rocketry. I assure you. But the question I have too with this is that just is this all a distraction? As far as looks that kind of looks that way, kind of looks that way. Yeah. To keep us from, from, you know, I just say, I just find the money they're spending mind-boggling on this stuff. You know, when we're already doing this, right? 
Now, when you talk about the, the technology, I mean, what have you heard? I mean, about how how great the technology is. Are we? Uh, where are we? Are we on, on the moon? Are we on Mars? What what kind Mars. of technology? On Mars. On Mars how they get there? I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, I've I've heard a sorry lot of theories. I've heard a lot of people presenting different things. I'm not ready to make a conclusion on it, but I am absolutely certain it is not rocketry. It is much more advanced. Okay. Now, when we look at the moon, are we are we working with Russia or are we working with, with, with someone else to get to the moon without people knowing? Mm, right now, it's hard to believe we're doing much of anything with Russia, considering the war that's going on. I mean, the hostility is quite severe. And I think we're perfectly capable of getting there without another country's help. I do think there, I do know there are other countries that are uh, doing explorations of the moon. Uh, China's certainly one of them. Um, so anyhow, we can get up there with what we know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, doing research on this particular book, what was the most fascinating story, you know, thing that you found? <sighs> It's like at each moment, it was like, oh my God. So I had a whole lot of, oh my God moments when I found that giant runway <clears throat> at the bottom of the ocean, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, that was a wow moment. Um, mm -hmm. When I found those habitats and this and on, on Mars and the entrances, that was one of those, oh my God moments. Mm -hmm. When I found those cities coming up from Antarctica, that was another wow. Uh, a wow I haven't mentioned yet is in the Atlantic. Okay. And at one time, I lived on Cocoa Beach between Patrick Air Force Base and the Kennedy Space Center and met people who worked at NASA, got to see a lot there. And one day, uh, a friend and I were at the pier bar. There's a bar. I mean, there's a pier that goes way out uh, at Cocoa Beach. Got into a conversation with a couple probably in their early 30s, and they were divers. And they started talking to us because they were excited. They had been diving off of Vero Beach, and they had seen the tip of a pyramid coming out of the sand, sandy bottom of, of the Atlantic. That's the first time I ever really heard about that concretely, not, mm -hmm. not Edgar Casey or any of that. Mm -hmm. But then I started using this Google Earth searching, and guess what? I found two pyramids just south, south of Paradise Island, which is where, <clears throat> where NASA is. And as soon, this is another cover-up. As soon as I put that on the website, suddenly they had, somebody took a photographic strip, almost like a Band-Aid, put it right on top of where those two pyramids were. So I have pictures of the pyramids before and after the Band-Aid. And um, so that's just another cover-up. I do think it's fascinating that the structures that you find in the Atlantic are drastically different than those in the Pacific. The pyramid is the dominant shape in the Atlantic mm -hmm. and these huge, huge out of this world structure structures are uh, only in the Pacific. And um, so quite different civilizations. So that could have been, like you say, that could have been two different types of aliens or, you know, have, you know living there. Right. Yeah, right. That's that's yeah. absolutely fascinating. Now, the other question that comes to mind is you have you, you've been putting this stuff on the internet, these photos, and they've been the, the, they've been doing something to them to, to block them out. Was it hard to get these photos published in the book? I mean, did anybody know that that, that you were doing, and, and were they trying to stop you? Um, my I have I have a very varied past, and mm -hmm. part of it includes uh, uh, working for Texas Instruments, doing talking children's books. I've also have training as a graphic artist. I was able to produce the book totally by myself. Awesome. So nobody saw anything till I was done with it. It is a project where I am not making a penny off of this. It's almost like I'm paying people to read the book because it's expensive to print a book uh, that is filled with color photos. Mm -hmm. uh, but I thought it was important enough to do that. So um, that's like my contribution to um, the knowledge of mankind. 
have you had um, other than you know the stuff that that goes on the internet with the, with them covering stuff up you know on it have you had contact with any of the so-called men in black or anything like that 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 have come to harass? you went out i didn't hear the question at all okay ah this internet today my question is you know you talk about you know these things getting blacked out online have you had anybody show up at your door to no, the, wor the worst that I've had is messing with uh, the things on the on our internet, okay. and some of that has. Let me tell you one story. Um, I will not mention the name because the person I was in contact with is a well-known name, and I it's not my sure. right to expose the person. Uh, I found something uh, that I haven't mentioned in Antarctica that was really unusual, mm -hmm. and so I got on the phone with this person. And then I was going to send stuff uh, so the person could look at it. Mm -hmm. I took a shower. It was in the morning. I took a shower, came back to my computer. And what I had just found, it's like somebody had just, just taken an oval shape and just knocked it out. So that was in real time. That was when I was wow. just having phone conversation with this person who you would know. You would know the name. And mm -hmm. that that between that and what I was doing, I'm sure is the reason it happened so quickly. And that's a little unsettling, but I have to just do what I do. Right. Well, looking through your book, you've done a thorough job. In fact, I'm going to go through tonight, you know, those coordinates and check it all out. I didn't have time to do that yet, but I've been dying to do that. It's been killing me. All right. The first thing I want you to check out are the entrances, because I truly have not gone back to check everything to see if anything's been messed with okay. since the book came out but there has been uh, additional cover-up of those entrances. So it'd be interesting to see if you can find it. Okay, I will do that and I'll let you know. Let you know okay. what happens with that. Now, my other question is, um, you seem like a logical journalist, okay? What got you into UFOs and aliens? Did you, have, did you see one? Did you have an experience? Um, first of all, I, I was never really interested until okay. uh, I lived in Florida. And living on the Space Coast and seeing UFOs and talking to people who had seen UFOs, who had incredible mm -hmm. reputations, that's when my interest uh, began to skyrocket. Okay. That's what I was wondering. And I know what it's like to do research like this. And like you say, you get you find one thing, you get excited, and that leads to something else, leads to something else. It's like a never right. ending hole. <laughs> I do it all the time myself. And we would get we would get bored. For, for example, in the beginning with skyshipsovercashers.com, we were just putting pictures out there of UFOs, you know, flying through the sky. Well, those bore me now, and I think they bore most people now. So they have to be really unusual for me to even put them on anymore. Um, mm -hmm. The ones that puzzle me are the ones that get on there. For I'll give you one example, and okay. we've not totally figured this out. This was over cashers. It was at night. It's out in the country. So there's not any lights around that would cause this. These UFOs turned into a number. And it was, uh, let's see, 1619. This is back a few years ago, which I couldn't make any sense out of at all. That is now associated with um, the true landing of the slaves in this country. That was, and so they now have organizations um, about, I think I've got the number right, 1692 is, or 16, 1619. And uh, that appeared in the sky. And there was nothing on the ground that could have caused it. Those are the kind of things that really get my attention. I can see. I, I can understand why. In all the research you've done, you've written five books. Right. And uh, which, which book are you the most proud of, do you think? I think the one that um, the one that sells the most is the one about the little people. Ah, uh, okay. All right, but the one that I think is the most important is this latest one, which is Spy in the Sky, because mm -hmm. it is revealing stuff I absolutely have not found anywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not anywhere, and I think it's things that I really want more people to know about. Absolutely. So do you think, you know, with what you've studied over the years, and then like this, this book, Spy in the Sky, do you think that there are a lot more aliens out there than we think there are? Um, I'll tell you, I'll give you a clue about the direction I'm going in next, and it'll answer your question. Okay. I just ordered a 
night vision um, video camcorder. And the first project I'm going to, no, I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to do it first, but I am going to use that for a project. I don't want my project set down, uh, closed Absolutely. out before I do it. Absolutely. So um, I may get nothing, but that's the next direction I'm going to go in. Fascinating. Getting back to this current book, when you look at, like you say, you talk about the, the differences of, of the, the construction stuff in, as a, in the Atlantic as opposed to the stuff that's the Pacific and the Antarctica. How much variation is there in the construction? Because you talk about being a pyramid, and well, let's talk about uh, the, the, the Antarctica stuff. I mean, what are they shaped like? I know you probably said that, but just a little more detail, if you can give me a little more detail on that. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll let, the, the reason I started exploring the Pacific Coast right. was because somebody else back in uh, 2014 mm -hmm. found a structure off of Malibu in California, and you may very well have seen it. It's huge, and it has pillars holding up a slab-type roof. The pillars are hundreds of feet tall. Mm -hmm. it, it totally is not it totally is created by something with intelligence. Mm -hmm. I thought, I thought if something like that is there, there's got to be more. So right. that's when I began exploring up and down the whole coast. Uh, but that's what started it was the structure off of Malibu. I so, just find it. Well, well, I just pillars that are a hundred, you know, a couple hundred feet tall. We're talking humongous structures. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just incredible to believe, you know, that, that divers haven't reported this stuff. I mean, how far underwater is this stuff? The one thing I can't do with Google is I can't tell you the depth. I mean, maybe okay. it's there and I haven't discovered it. I don't know how to do it. Um, uh, I can't help you with that one. Absolutely. I mean, when you think of the Atlantic, though, in parts of the Pacific, I mean, there's a lot of rumors about Atlantis. Right. Things like that being out there. Where do you think, and this is what I want to ask you, you know, because you do all this research. Where do you think Atlantis is or was? I think Atlantis was a huge civilization that had tentacles mm -hmm. spread out all over the place. Um, obviously, I think it, it's somewhere in the. All right, let me give you another example. One time I got one of these huge um, maps that they use for uh, that. I don't know, boaters use, mm -hmm. and it shows the depths of everything. Right. Well, I got this and I color coordinated it. Mm -hmm. And so you can see where the uh, Gulf Stream goes mm -hmm. and where, are, where am I finding all the pyramids or where are other people finding these pyramids? They're along that Gulf Stream. So that was that is now under the surface of the water, but it must have been like a river at one time. And there are pyramids on both sides that major researchers have found. And one of those researchers uh, worked with Mel Fisher uh, in discovering the Atosha down off in the, you know, down in the, in the Keys. Right. And so he was a professional um, uh, treasure hunter. And he would, whenever there was a big storm, he and other treasure hunters will fly low uh, looking for uh, shipwrecks. And, and that's mm -hmm. when they see these pyramids show up because the Atlantic has a sandy bottom and it moves with major storms. And um, so you get somebody like that who's finding these pyramids, you go, hmm, we got to give this some credibility. You know, the Gulf Stream thing, I can understand that. Like you say, if it was a river at one time, because, I mean, think of all the fish that travel along that Gulf Stream right. area. So that right. would have been enough food to, to sustain, you know, a good sized society. You okay. may have heard of the Bimini, they call it the Bimini Road or the Bimini yes. Wall. And Casey, Casey first talked about that right. a long time ago. Right. But when I look at it, I see where this ancient river was. That looks mm -hmm. like a harbor to me. I mean, it looks like uh, the wall uh, along a major river where, you know, it was probably a port. That makes sense. It makes Absolutely. more sense than a road out of nowhere. Right. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. What do you think? Let me tell you one more thing that uh, okay. is in the book that uh, we haven't touched on. Okay. Um, I was contacted by a man from the Netherlands back in 2013, and he was taking NASA photos, and he was using his ability to clean up the debris and zero in on these uh, UFOs that are sometimes seen around the sun. Mm -hmm. 
the sun is monitored constantly by SOHO satellites. They take a picture every 12 minutes. Well, all of these structures that are UFOs that show up around the sun are bigger than Jupiter. Jupiter is our largest planet. So these are humongous. So this man was able to clean it up and zero in on these. And I've got those in the book too. And the structures are not like you would expect. They don't look like any UFO we have ever seen. Uh, two of them uh, look like, um, we call them the flying, flying Phoenix and the flying something else. But they're shaped like a, a Phoenix, but they look like giant ships or giant uh, cruise ships or condominiums or hotels. And so we call them uh, the Phoenix Hotel and the ISIS Hotel. Um, another one, it looked like um, an extension rod. You know how you can extend it out like this? Mm -hmm. When it, it was long and skinny, like a pole, the length of it was greater than the width of the sun. Got pictures of that too. So, I mean, it's just incredible. But again, there may be some strange things going on because I was in touch with this man for about three years. And then he just like went off totally out of touch. His YouTube channel has never been updated since then. I've not been able to reach him in any way whatsoever. I don't know if he died. I don't know if they threatened him and told him to shut, you know, quit doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really don't know what has happened and I probably never will, but he certainly left us with um, some great photos and as a tribute to him, I do a tribute to him in the book because mm -hmm. that's a legacy of sorts. Again, guys, if you haven't got to purchase this book yet, it's a great book. It's just I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Yeah, it's just it just absolutely fascinates me. What do you say to somebody that wants to get into doing research like this? Well, I guess we've given them clues just in our conversation here. You can start with Google Earth if you want to. And be be uh, be honest with people, be open with people. Uh, if they don't trust you, you're not going to get anywhere with it. And uh, mm -hmm. that's been true of also the Bigfoot stories I've done. Uh, mm -hmm. If they don't trust you, they're not going to tell you the stories. And that's another book that uh, I've done. And uh, again, because people trusted me. Absolutely. Since we're talking about Bigfoot, do you believe he exists? Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, I've seen, I mean, uh, yes. And first, I'll give you one firsthand story. Okay. Up on one of these ridges up here, uh, one of the mountain guys took me back on, uh, way back into the woods, so far back in the woods that he had a machete with him to cut a path so we could get there. He wanted to show me uh, a Bigfoot cave. Mm -hmm. So it's about a half mile into the woods. When we start walking toward that, uh, that direction we hear this strange sounding bird call that doesn't sound like a bird and then off in the direction we were headed this it was like there was an answer and then everything got quiet and we felt like one bigfoot was warning the other bigfoot that these humans were headed in, in their direction we also saw the big footprints where we saw where we heard the first bird wow. and the cave was pretty good size it was um I'm bad about remembering dimensions. I think it was like eight feet across and five mm -hmm. feet tall, big mm -hmm. slab across like this. It was so dark you couldn't see to the back of it, and I was too chicken to go inside. I did take a picture of it from the outside. I did not venture in. Uh, I didn't know what was in there, you know. <laughs> right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, your interests are cool, you know, like with Bigfoot and, and the, the – the, you know, the little Cherokee people and all that. that, that I mean, I'm fascinated by everything you do. I'm a, I've been following you for a long time. Well, thank you. And that's why I was so honored to have you on tonight. And I just, I, I just, it just boggles my mind. I wish I would have gotten into stuff like that. You know, I host this show, which puts me there. But I mean, I wish I had, you know, done something similar to what you do because I, I just think it's so great. Well, we're both doing very unique things. <laughs> so that's a good thing. And if people want to learn about the books, I have like a, Quick, uh, quick definition, not definition, a description of the five books. Go to skyshipsovercashers.com mm -hmm. under Editor's Corner. Click on the thing with the books, and mm -hmm. it'll be there, and they're all available with Amazon. 
All right. Well, let me ask you this. You're on the strip in Las Vegas. Last question tonight for you. I'll let you go. You're on the strip in Las Vegas, and there's a couple other people that do similar research to you, you know, as you do. How do you draw people in to read your books and stuff? Uh, actually, most of the stuff is it, nowadays is done through talking to people on shows like yours. I mean, that's really how things are, are getting done. Uh, that is, it, like, everything's evolved. And mm -hmm. uh, at one time, you could only do that by going to the conferences. Like, I, mm -hmm. I went to a, a huge conference out in Nevada years ago. I don't really mm -hmm. do that very much anymore. You can actually reach more people this way, and mm -hmm. you don't have to lug everything. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I understand about that. Mary, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And I wish you the best with all your unique research. I wish you the best as well. I, I love your book. Like I said, I'm going to really dig into it tonight. I, you know, I was able to flip through it. Just kind of got, I've been doing a bunch of freelance work the past couple of weeks, so I haven't had a chance to really look, you know, really get into it. But I'm going to really look into it tonight. Check out the court, you know, check out those coordinates that you give and all that stuff, you know, to take a look at it. And I would love to have you on on a future date, maybe to talk about Bigfoot or something. All righty. All righty. I wish you the best. And I'm glad the internet kind of held up. Yeah, it kind of held up. So kind of did. Kind of did. All you right. Have well, a, thank you very much. Yeah. You have a great rest of your evening, okay? You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, well, at least that couple of times, you know, dropped off and we recovered. I love this gal. I, I, I follow her. So there I go again. Boom. Right where Mario goes. Um, I've been following her for years. And, uh, yeah, tomorrow we're shifting gears a little bit. If you're into astrology and you've ever wondered about how astrology applies to your life, plus the houses, the astral houses of astrology, Carmen Turner Schott is going to be with us tomorrow, and she's going to be talking about those the, the, those particular houses. And so we're going to be talking about astro the, those houses and how they affect your lives and how they can help you with your daily lives. So she'll be on tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, usual time. So I'll be looking out for that. Again, I'm teaching two classes. Uh, well, I'm teaching two classes. Next Wednesday night, Tuesday night, after the show, 7.40 p.m. Pacific, I'll be doing a guided meditation for the Sturgeon Moon. And uh, there's information for that over at the California Haunts Meetup. So check it out. Link for that's down at the bottom of the description of the show. And then on the 5th, I'm teaching a psychic development class one, which is a basic class for psychic development. Details and everything, again, are at the meetup. Click on the link. That's in the description. So I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. Uh, we're equal opportunity here. You know, if you have anybody in the house or whatever, and you were watching this, say, hey, there's a show over here I want you to see. That's how we're getting the word out, word of mouth. And we've been doing that for three years, and we've been building up, building up, building up, and it's working. I want to give a shout-out to everybody that listens on Spotify and and all those different networks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, uh, you know, it's, it's great. It's great to know that you guys are out there and you're, that you're listening. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Again, uh, if you could leave me a thumbs up, a happy face, um, you know, a heart, that'd be great. It, you know, over on YouTube, over on Facebook, because again, it puts us up higher in the FYP. All right. Well, I want to thank you all, and I'll leave you her, con her contact information and the books that she's written. And then I want to. Then I'm going to call it a night, and I think you guys can go back to whatever you were doing. Okay, here we go. Her website is skyship, skyshipsovercashiers.com. That's skyshipsovercashiers.com. And Spy in the Sky is her current, her new book, great book. I tell you, the pictures that she's got in there are going to make your eyes bulge. And the other two books we got Tangible Evidence, let's see, Tangible Evidence of Jesus, and uh, can't read that one, too small, so we have to deal with it. Bigfoot and uh, Cherokee Little People. Sorry, I couldn't, couldn't read the text on the other one. Blind is a bad I am. <laughs> and those are available at Amazon.com. <laughs> Don't get old, kids. All right, well, I'll see you guys tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, and we'll be talking astro astrological houses. See ya.